You've got a pose in the matrix here. This is Dave speaking at you. And uh, as usual, we have our esteemed, my esteemed brothers, Eric and Jim. Hello, guys. Hello. Oh, hello. Hey, there we are. All three of us. Uno, hey, dos, tres. Um, reminds, me of, reminds me of the start of a song back in the 60s, Wooly Bully. <laughs> It could be the Three Amigos or the Three Stooges, depending on how you look at it. Well, yep. either one is not a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> not really. <laughs> oh, yeah. goodness. Uh, yeah, I always got a kick out of them because they, they used the lawyer term on there. The, they had a lawyer that represented them called Dewey, Cheatham, and How. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Three Stooges aficionado. I know about everything here is about them. Uh, which a lot of people probably wouldn't be surprised. Um, anyway, uh, first thing, guys, I, I didn't tell you this. Um, I was I accidentally clicked on uh, fooling around on a computer, clicked on uh, the old uh, intro music, which is I think we're going to start using start Jan- January first because th- this one here will kind of if you're driving will kind of lull you to sleep. Um, <laughs> and we don't want our, our listeners to go to sleep while they're driving. So the other one's kind of like do 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 do. You know, it's it's more of a a marching kind of a, Ooh, uh, like your that, Spanish. Dude. It's got fuerte. It's got strength. Um, so uh, anyway, we'll be going with that starting the first of the year. I just got to try to find it. I think it's on my other computer. But um, anyway, uh, folks, we weren't here last week, and uh, let me explain why. Um, I have a, a condition uh, known as atrial fibrillation, and every once in a while it decides to at the most inopportune moment, uh, start bothering me. And a lot of times I got to go into the emergency room and get uh, shocked back into normal rhythm. This time, thankfully, it didn't happen. It went back on its own. But it makes you feel like you've done about uh, five or six rounds with, uh, I don't know, the modern boxers, but I'll just say Muhammad Ali. Uh, not not sore or anything, but just very tired. And uh so it happened last Monday morning. Um, I got out of the ER around 3.30, and I told I called Jim right away and said, I don't think we're doing show today. Um, so we didn't. So anyway, if you if you tried to tune in last Monday and we weren't here, that's the reason why. Okay. But um, so we were talking today. And, uh, well, first of all, uh, Eric, I'm going to throw this at you. Um, have you heard anything new um, about, uh, about anything, about FISA, about uh, – um, any Q posts or anything like that? Well, uh, Q did post uh, that uh, we will soon find out why Obama conspired against President Trump. So that was posted on uh, the 7th. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I know, with the, the FISA uh, being released, um, they basically concluded that uh, there was no substantial evidence even to bring 
uh, even to investigate President Trump in regards to uh, Russian collusion and, and the phony dossier and all that type of thing. So yeah. um, what you're about to witness is basically the ricochet effect that's going to um, come back on you know, Pelosi. So Pelosi has her son, and then John. there's John Kerry, and then there's, um, I think, Biden's Biden. son. And then, um, then, trouble, then yeah. Romney's uh, son as well. That's right, Romney. They're all they're all tied into the uh, the Ukrainian energy company. So, mm-hmm. um, anyways, <sighs> the Democrats must be really really desperate because they uh, already have called for articles of impeachment against the president, right, regardless right. of what what has been released. Right. So. Like I said last time, I think we talked that this investigation will actually shift uh, from impeachment to a criminal investigation, and you'll you'll eventually see bring that these all of these people will go down. And this will actually track right back to Obama as far as part of um, spying on the 2016 uh, campaign. Uh-huh. So everything that uh, these people are projecting on Trump is mm-hmm. is actually what they're already guilty of. Right, kind of coming right back on them. And the pre- right, the phony precedents of how their accusations are been made a legitimate process is what's going to be used against them. Yes, exactly. There's, there's no evidence against Trump. There's all the evidence, real hard evidence against them. That's what they're right. going to do. They have all this evidence. They have it already. And they uh, can't whine about it because they're just simply. They're the ones that broke the ground on the process. Now the process, that same process is going to be used against them. They're going to whine and cry, but they can't whine and cry about it because it was their process. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's sweet. It's well, just yeah. the tools that they put in to just destroy us is now going to be used against them. Good. Yep. It's like, kind of uh, like the Haman in, uh, yeah, in the Haman. Old Testament when he tried to yep. build the gallows to hang Mordecai right. and all the other Jews, and they found the truth right. out. He ended up hanging on it. <laughs> Swinging. He and his sons end up swinging on him. That's right. Well, that's that's yeah. kind of the treason, treason that's coming for these people. You know, yeah. yeah, they're really, really, truly evil. They really, really are. They don't love our country. And I, I truly think that this is part of the reset. That um, um, uh, what's his name, the fireman, uh, Mark Taylor, yep, prophesied about. And uh, you know, I don't want to play the name game, but I, I would assume then that would have to be probably before the the next election. Not necessarily, but it might be yeah. the election. So that whole process is going to be – that's one of the things that's going to stop it and shake it up. That's when I think that this New Age Rapture thing is going to happen, although I don't want to play the Herald Camping you know, uh, guessing game on that one. No, no, but, no, uh, don't do that. <laughs> but, just, but, but the thing is that just looking at coincidence – or not coincidence, but looking at the way things are lining up, I would assume that it would probably be – in that time frame next year. Well, so, I'll, tell, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, Jim. Um, so many people are having rapture dreams. I know. Yeah. Like YouTube, it's just all over the place. Now, I personally haven't had one per se, but there are a lot of people that are. So um, I don't know if that's an indication that the time is really drawing near for that, but mm-hmm. that would be my suspicion. Um I, I believe the Lord it did tell me that when this rapture removal of the New Agers happened, this is going to be the major turning point for me in my own ministry and my own life. That this is when um, many things that I wrote about, you know, 23 some years ago are 
may finally happen. I will be sitting beside myself uh, in dazed and confused, uh, not confused, but dazed that it's really here. And I will probably not, I'll be such in shock that it'll take me probably a good day to just kind of regroup and, and get everything to realize, wow, it, it did finally happen. Well, it'd be um, nice just to have validation, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, you know that the thing is that it only takes so much rejection, you know. Well, <laughs> yeah. In view of what happened to my grand opening, which we were going to, you know, talk about a little bit because you don't know anything about it, I, I think. Oh, no, you didn't tell me. Well, it was, you know, this is the thing. I really thought that because look at how loopy and crazy the world has gotten in just the last five years, ever since CERN's fired up for the first time. Um, you know, just as I've been saying it, I think it's bringing on layers of the pit every time it fires up. It's bringing more stuff in, and we're just like overnight just accepting everything. It's because it's being layered on, and most people aren't realizing it. Or, or like a lot of people with their eyes open it up are, are aware of CERN and what it's doing. They realize something's changed, but they don't make the connection yet that that's, you know, that's part of what it is. So um, I thought. I really thought that enough Christians now would question all these things and want to know more of what the Bible does have to say about these, you know, times and days. Um, silly me. We're not there yet. My grand opening, um, we took from, from Peacemakers uh, three other different services because they have four services a week. One's in a, of all things, they meet at Tim Horton's, the coffee house place. I mean, we're singing, praising, worshiping, uh, preaching, teaching. They don't care. The staff is all on board. They think it's great. The manager all the way up through, um, you know, there's, there's certain ones there and they, they, um, they work with us and they want us there. And, uh, so we're there every week and, you know, it's, it's really a, a uh, ministry night at Tim Hortons, secular. Nobody's offended. Nobody's ever had complaints. It's just awesome. It's quite a uh, wonderful door open. So there's one of the places. The other place is in a northern suburb in a very affluent neighborhood. Um, used to be my neighborhood. And then um, in Roseville uh, and then in Shane Street in the middle of um, 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 what was a former ghetto. Now it's pretty much gone back to nature, but it's, it's a former center uh, of uh, the inner part of Detroit. So total different environments, total different people in each one. And it's, it, it has a good cross-section of being able to reach out to everybody. <clears throat> so we, we, um, we advertise with all of them. So I thought for sure, you know, from Peacemakers, it'd probably be about, about 40 people said they were coming for sure. So I figured, well, maybe at least 25 people. So I went ahead and bought coffee and donuts, uh, coffee for 70 cups of coffee and 45 donuts or something like that. And I figured that would probably do it for a grand opening and have free. Uh, well, needless to say, I took all the donuts to um, um, our Sunday services because we always feed the homeless on, on right after services. We feed the homeless before we send them home. So they got a lot of really nice donuts anyway. But uh, That's good. the grand opening, <laughs> <laughs> I should have known better. I've been, I've been doing this for 20 some years. I'm going to came, Jim. Um, I would have been there if, if I was a little closer. Include, if you include Pastor Steve, four people came from um, Peacemakers. Um, one person, Gonzo, lives right down the block. He's uh, 
He's a character. I, I really like this guy. What's his name? Gonzo? Gonzo. Yeah. That's oh, his, I like, I like that name. Well, it's his nickname, but I mean, he, he has a big mural um, on the corner of Utica and Gratiot, and he's pretty well known by everybody. This guy, man, he is, he's not a Christian, but I tell you, he is, he is so, and he's quite a new ager in, in a lot of respects, but I mean, this guy is just a nice guy. He knows the law. He's smart. He's an artist, a uh, fantastic artist, multi- coach uh you know media too um and he's got his art gallery at the end of the uh, block there at the intersection there and uh he uh has been fighting the city of roseville roseville uh, this is a stinker place to work they micromanage everybody's business they get a dollar they have their hand in your pocket for everything they control everything they've actually stopped um parades and other things that all the cities up and down Gratiot, which is kind of like the main artery going into downtown Detroit to the new center and everything. Um, they actually have been the city that will not cooperate with all the other cities to make a good community multi-functional thing. They have to have their say, their their dollar uh, to make out of everything. So they, they're not well liked by a lot of places and probably one of the most corrupt um, cities in the whole you know suburban area and uh anyways i can't can, probably can't say enough bad about them but i but i see the storm clouds going on for them um especially the city council those people are going to be ousted very soon they're going to be part of this change that's going to be happening um because <clears throat> everybody uh all the other cities and everybody in the community we're sick and tired of it i mean i can't even I have a commercial store. I can't even put anything on the outside to promote it. I was going to make a bench for people waiting for the bus because they're right. They do it right in front of my place and they have to sit on these crazy uh, cement pylons, which aren't even, they're made actually to separate the uh, people waiting for the bus from the, the merchants, but they should have a right to be comfortable and there's no bus stop seats or anything for them. So I had refurbished one and made it really nice looking fancy and it was something i was going to put right in front of my place so that they could sit down there and comfortably wait for the bus and i was told that i'd get fined if i did that because huh. they they wouldn't allow me to i said well can i go through the board and make an appeal no <laughs> no no comrade they should have said really no. yeah conform man oh man so well, i mean it's crazy piece, that's but. interesting that you bring that up uh, the corruption jim because um and I, I don't want to, you know, I, I I know you probably want to go further with that, but I'm going to throw this in there real quick. I probably shouldn't go any further with right yeah. now. <laughs> but um, uh, I received a letter. Now, I, I learned a while back that Oregon's uh, driver's license standards did not live up to the uh, Department of Homeland Security. Uh, so effectively, I think it's next year, you will not be able to fly using your license as an identification. So anyway, um, my my renewal came up because my birthday's next month, and and I went in there and I you know and I did everything I needed to do. I paid my forty dollars, and that was that's a pretty good deal. Seeing I don't have to renew now until two thousand twenty-eight, but um, but uh, anyway, um, I didn't know that they're starting this motor voter thing, and um, it used to be that when you filled out your application for your license or you renewed it, you filled out a piece of paper there and you gave what, what uh, political party you belonged to. 
Um, and this is becoming a bad thing here in Oregon because a lot of people are finding out that there's no political party next to their name. And so anyway, I got this letter in the mail, and it said uh, basically the Lynn County uh, <clears throat> Clerk's Office has received your incomplete voter registration card. Incomplete because they never had me fill out anything at the DMV. The registration card received is missing the following information, and there's an X next to party affiliation. Please pick one. Um, and I'm going to go a little farther with this in a second. But So anyway, I went on to their website, and I, and I fixed that. And they even send a photocopy of the motor voter thing <laughs> that they have when they, they look it up in the state. But uh, you might, people, everybody listening to this, you might want to check with your county to make sure that you are registered with the party of your choice. Um, otherwise, um, you might run into what California is going to run into. And I don't know if you've heard about this, but um, down in California, the People's Republic, the People's Maoist, Maoist Republic of California, um, the, uh, the voters, uh, uh, they're not given the uh, choice of picking Republican. It's not even on the registration card. And what is on it? A Democrat, socialist, everything else, uh, but not Republican. What about and independent? Independent, I think, is on there. They are they are Weird. given they are given the choice to to do this, but it has to be done, and it's in a ridiculous amount of time. I think it's within a month, <clears throat> or they will not receive any any voter information, and they will not be allowed to vote in the election. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that, now, that can't be. Yeah, this is this is illegal as all get out. And I yeah. am I am calling right now on this show. I am calling on President Trump to uh, activate the National Guard of the state of California and place them at every polling place in that state, at least two soldiers, so that everybody can get in there and vote. Because you know darn well that the liberals are going to be down there and the socialists and the leftists. And whatever else you want to ist you want to put next to their name are going to be trying to prevent Republicans from getting in there to vote. And I hear that they're they're trying to petition so that Donald Trump's name is not even on the ballot. Well, so, they also want to same. also want to kind of overthrow the electoral college in a way where you know if they were happen to win the popular vote again, then um, yeah the electoral votes would automatically go towards whoever won the all popular vote. All of them, right. yeah, all, every yeah. Oregon's that way. They passed that law. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm aware of that. They did. Yeah. The whole the whole left coast is, is that way now. And, uh, and Michigan, so far they haven't been successful in it. Because uh, well, it's funny because because the entire state of Michigan, except Saginaw, Lansing, um, and a few other major uh, cities, it's all conservative. They're all Christian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so this is why we have the Electoral College, so that all the rest of us can get our proper demographic vote. Right. The yeah. Well, for everything. L.A. County alone has a, a, a voting power that's equal to the population of 43 different states. Right. Yeah. Right. So you would, you know, everybody wants to go to a popular vote, but you would basically one, one or two counties or one or two major 
metropolitan cities would control your elections forever. It would yeah. be terrible. You would have I, no power. I really ever. think that the Trump and, and whoever else can do this should say to California, either you're going to fly by the rules or we are going to dissolve your part in the union. Uh, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, as far as, can, frankly, as far as I'm concerned. the United States uh, disband a state legally? I, I, I think, don't know. I, well, I think it would have to go, you know, to the whole. I, first, if that ever come down to it, I think Texas is going to be the first one to secede from the United States. Yeah. Well, I yeah. said I wanted to buy some property in Texas just so, you know, I mean, uh, right now I'm in enemy territory. And Michigan is um, definitely a, a blue state. And, mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. Well, I know that uh, Eastern Oregon wants to uh, secede, and they want to become their own state called Jefferson. And Northern California wants to get on that, too, you know, minus San Francisco and Sacramento, of course. Right. And that might be a good thing. Um, that Especially if there was North, South Jefferson, North and South Jefferson, two different states. That way, you know, you'd get two more stars on the flag. It'd be easier to fit it on there. And it'd be, be 52 states instead of just 51. That's kind of an odd number. But um, anyway. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't know if that will ever happen, you know, yeah. other than, other than you know, when the coasts are dealt with. Right. And I know that's, that's coming, you know, that will probably just resolve itself. Right. Would be my, would be my suspicion at this point. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's just a couple of news items I wanted to throw in there real quick. But Jim, Jim and I talked for a little while on the phone. My wife was there too. We were in our car driving back home, and and Jim was telling us a little bit. Of, and I know he's going to go more into it about what happened um, with the opening of his museum. But um, and I was thinking when he was when you were talking about that, Jim, I was thinking about all the illustrations in the Bible because uh, we you know we were kind of you know flashing on. Um, uh, you know, people that have thought that they, you know, they were like, God, you know, you sent me out to do this. Why, why is this happening? And immediately flashed on Daniel and the lion's den, the three Hebrew children in, uh, in the, uh, in the fiery furnace, uh, Joseph in the house of Potiphar, um, and everything else. Just so many illustrations in scripture where people wanted to fly right, you know, and do the right thing. But, um, it seemed like they were, they were they, they ran into a brick wall, and and I know Jim's run into that, and you have too, Eric, and so have I, and a lot of our listeners have, if not all of our listeners, and there just comes a time when you know you you start wondering like Elijah did when he was sitting in the cave, you know, am I the only one left? You know, just kill me, Lord, and get it over with right now, you know, and and God said no. There's I think he was said there's two thousand, I think the number was. That haven't been bended the knee to uh, the balls. It's three thousand that hadn't bent the knee to the bowed to the knee. Yeah, ba- balls. Yeah. yeah. If you say it differently, it's it's kind of not a good word, but B A A L R. Yeah. B A A L apostrophe. Yes. Yeah. But sorry, but anyway, so Jim. You know, you go into more detail what happened, and then let's maybe we can talk about more of those kind of things that have happened in our lives, you know, and 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 what what has happened when we've realized what's going on. You know, I and I don't really know all the whys and wherefores now. I, I had some locals that were when I um, first 
mentioned about getting this place. They were all excited. They were locals. And most of them were pretty much high-profile people from, um, you know, with a lot of money and resources and influence and everything. But they were people that are, were aware of uh, uh, the Trump prophecies, Mark Taylor, and, and all that. And, and so they understood the significance of, you know, what my attempt of having a museum was about. They were going to get behind. They were going to help me in, in doing a, a lot of things. And, um, <clears throat> um, you know, I was pretty excited about it. Uh, I never had any, you know, volunteer help before in the past uh, in, in starting an endeavor like that. And so um, a lot of promises, a lot of things they, they were excited about. And not one of them showed up for the grand opening. Now, and and there's some differences in in beliefs that might have an influence on it, and I'll get into that here. Were they aware aware of it though? Oh yeah, I mean, oh, they yeah. were. You knew that for a fact. Okay, all right. They called them, invited them. I said, hey, I know we haven't been in contact for a while, but you know I'm having my grand opening. I'd love that guys be you know to be there, and if you could come ahead of time, I really would appreciate your input. I just need fresh eyes, new eyes on what I've got and anything that you might say one way or another, uh, please. If, if there's something you, you know, uh, he's improved. That's why I'm inviting you. I, I value your opinion. I'd like to have input on, on this before I open. Nobody ever showed up. They said they would, but they, they didn't. And uh, when they didn't show up, even for the um, grand opening, I, I was really, I was a, a bit shocked. I, I won't, I would be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed. I mean, I broke down and cried. I was really, you know, oh, my God, Lord, what did I do wrong? Did I do something wrong? I mean, you know, I'm not one to, you know, I, I look at myself first. I go, okay, so the buck stops here. What did I do wrong? Did I say something wrong? Did I do something wrong? And Lord's saying, no, you didn't. Just you're, you're being yourself, and I want you to continue to be yourself. It's okay. Don't. Don't deviate. Just continue to be yourself and don't deviate from that. Stand your ground. Basically, that's all the Lord said. Just stand your ground. I I know what God has said. I know what I um, that everything put together was put together by him. And I know that I need to if I just am a guardian by with it or all by myself, then at least I know that for right now, that's all I am. And that's all I do, because I know that someday, sometime this is going to have a place. That's going to be very important for everybody. They just don't know it yet. But I thought with the world getting so wackadoodle as it's been getting that people would start questioning and wanting more answers. Well, they don't. No, they, that, uh, it, it's going to take a pretty massive impact on it's going to, people's lives. And it's going to take something, uh, you know, Eric, that is so big that they have no other explanation for. And that's going to be, that's going to be what Mark Taylor said was the reset. Mm -hmm. And until the reset happens, this is just the way it's going to be. And I should have known better, but I was a bit optimistic. I mean, I thought at least um, 45 people said they were definitely going to be there from peacemakers. So I figured, you know, even if half that's 25, so I'll make sure I got enough coffee and donuts for everybody, you know, to give them and, and, and it'll, it'll be good. Well, Three people came from, and Pastor, if you want to count Pastor Steve, four people came from um, <clears throat> from Peacemakers. One person came from my old church, C3. 
And two people came from Gonzo who posted something on Facebook. He took some photographs. Um, he was kind of, you know, he was he was just bouncing off of me saying, hey, you know, you know what? You could put this. You could get this together. And, and so I showed him. I went out and I showed him on the, my roof porch there. I showed him the very things that he was talking about. I already had prepared. I just didn't have a place to put them yet. And I don't mean that I was only one putting it all together. I just didn't have that much time yet. So he's getting even more excited. So he's going around snapping photographs on his, you know, smartphone. And I guess he posted stuff on Facebook and two people that um, didn't know me, didn't know anything about uh, any of it, just heard, you know, they're they're um, followers of the program Ancient Aliens, not even Christians. They just wanted to come down and, oh, UFO Museum. Cool. Let's go check it out. And they had a great time. They, they really enjoyed it. So um, so I had three people from Peacemakers, two people from Facebook and one person from my old church at C3. That figures. And that's all. Yeah. And nobody else nobody else came. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Yes, one other person. I had met him in passing. He's pretty actively involved in, in serving down at uh, Shane Street. And I had a chance to talk to him once in a while. But then um, he came in, and I know he's going to be helping me. Uh, this guy just was blown away by everything. He pretty well informed, a Christian loves the Lord, uh, got a real servant attitude and a real servant heart. And we sat and talked for three hours, even though I was toast at the end of the day. At five o'clock, I was ready to just go to bed and collapse because I worked all night long the night before um, trying to get everything together um, and getting as much as I could. <clears throat> the good thing about it is that none of that was lost time. None of it was for, you know, for naught. I mean, uh, I got the skeletal framework done. and so. That was the first time I did, utilizing the space that I had and everything. And I realized I don't have enough space for everything that I have to display. So then I, I started looking at it then, and I go, okay, so if I rearrange this and put this here and put that there, if I put more explanations on everything so that the trick is, and Dave, you've seen how this worked you know, at, in Roswell when I had the store there. Mm -hmm. I let people go in. I've got everything explained, so I don't say anything. I just tell them. You know, go ahead and look at what you want. And if you have any questions afterwards or anything, I'll be here and we can we can talk if you'd like and I can try to answer your questions. So I'd let everybody go in and just read and they could go at their own pace and go where they wanted. Um, hopping one from one place to another. It starts in one area and then all four walls. Each one of them has a progression of all this stuff from start to finish. So that's what I try to do. I'm not anywhere near done yet, but I the neat thing about this, unlike Roswell. I live in my own museum, so I'm here 24-7. I can always work on it all the time, <laughs> so I can get a lot of stuff done. But I at least got the framework done. Um, I've got a definite strategy now for everything, so I feel closer to get, being complete now than I have ever been struggling. I mean, when I first started, I moved in here in June, and I thought by July I would be ready to open in August. My God, we're hitting Christmas. I still hadn't been open. I mean, because I was waiting to get everything done, you know, and I realized, you know, if I wait until it's everything's done, I'll be opening up in February the 38th. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So I had to I had to realize that this is going to have to be a continual work in progress. And I'll just have to, you know, settle for that. And then I realized, you know, when I go into museums, and I love going to museums, and especially when I was in Smithsonian, it was just like 
I had no idea it was blocks and blocks and blocks. I thought it was like one huge building. Um, there's rows of building for every kind of thing. But when I go into a museum, <clears throat> a lot of times when they're setting up new stuff, they'll leave it in the progress. They'll let you see what they're doing as, you know, a progressive thing. They let the public know. Why? What better advertising? This is the stuff that's going to come in the future. So it gets everybody, wow, I got to come back for this. I want to see that when that happens. So I, so a little light bulb went on in, in my own mind that, you know, this is this is a work in progress and it's a form of advertisement to entice people to come back and, and get into more. Um, just so many things that, that I learned from, especially in the last five years, doing Gibraltar, doing uh, New Baltimore. Um, but I shouldn't have been surprised. New Baltimore, I had six months of advanced advertising for a congregation of about 400 people at C3. They had more than enough time to get ready to know that, and I was in the prayer, healing, and deliverance team, that they had all the opportunity to go down there. They didn't need to know about UFOs and aliens. They had a testimony uh, and a talent and, and anointing from the Lord to do his work, prayer, healing, and deliverance. We, we can go down there and we can do it. If they're reading auras and uh, crystal balls and uh, rocks and everything else under the sun uh, right there, then under the freedom of act of, of uh, freedom of religion, we can sit there and lay hands and pray and believe people to be healed and delivered in Jesus name. So you would think everybody would be anxious to go down there and, and do it. Not one person ever came. Not one person from C3, 400 people congregation that one person could go down because they were ashamed to be connected with the embarrassment of the whole idea of ufos and aliens mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and all i can say is shame on you now you know what makes it worse is after the fact all of this i've asked them uh one of the gals that that taught there that ended up becoming a mentor for me um she is as long as i have been doing inner healing uh, in association, direct association with uh, deliverance. And I I started doing that in 1978. And I used a method of inner healing that was actually, no, don't, don't um, throw darts at me for this. It was actually a fourth century practice that the church originally had as part of their whole process. And it was called inner healing basically under a topic or an idea of theophastic healing. And it was from the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. Now, I got it from the Catholic uh, Charismatic Renewal. And it was real. And I've used it and applied it in a very elementary, rudimentary type of a form for 43 years. Well, but when I met this woman, she was so far ahead of me on this. She fine-tuned everything. She helped me do a lot and you know the last i heard she went into a hospice mm -hmm. and i owe this woman so much i'd like to just visit her and just let her know that i'm still with her and you know i stand by her all the leadership all the leadership of c3 has kept me from being able to see her really and i don't know why huh this woman is probably brokenhearted that you know here she has helped me and i haven't even showed up to to say hi to her. I want to see her. I want to be able to um, learn how much I appreciate her ministry and what she's done for me. Um, they won't even let me have contact with her. What has changed inside of C3? I have no idea. 
I don't know what exactly has happened that it seems like at one time they, you know, when I, when I worked with a few cases that even any, all the pastors in the church weren't able to do anything and I broke ground, but not that I knew anything more. It's just, you just explained it. (laughs) It makes it's a major, no, it's a, it's a major um, commitment. This takes a long time. You have, when you're connected to people like that, I mean, with the people that they were working with, they have a three or four month program and that's it. I had to work with these, this one guy for an entire year. Exactly. You know, Jim, you, you explained it. And one thing you said, you were making progress. Here's a little story I learned and a lesson I learned a long time ago. Um, I was asked, you know, I was a single guy at church, you know, and you single guys have nothing else to do. So they ask you to do a lot of things. Well, they knew I was quite versed in scripture. So they asked me to teach Sunday school and they gave me fifth and sixth grade. Okay. And I loved it. The only change I made is that they used a a format, um, a prepackaged format for Bible study and Frankly, if I was a fifth or sixth grader, I would have been insulted. And, and I understood then why people, why kids didn't like going to Sunday school because it's prepackaged and it's, it's, it's like eating uh, a box of uh, macaroni and cheese compared to homemade macaroni and cheese. Okay. That's why I can <laughs> yeah. spend. Well, anyway, so I, I kind of get <clears throat> a level of pasta that most of yeah. us don't get. <laughs> yeah, so so what I did is I put this stuff aside, and I said, you know what, why don't we just read the Bible, learn what's in it? So we started doing, you know, I'd have the class, you know. Now, this is fifth and sixth graders, and they're reading Scripture, and they're going, like, they've never read it before, and they're like, wow, this is neat, you know. And, well, what happened was, was they, they started building their faith, and I had parents coming up to me, oh, you're doing such a good job. The kids are so excited to come to Sunday school. And... Um, but then they started asking for prayer. And when they started asking for prayer, it was stuff like mommy and daddy are fighting and and other things. And I'm like, whoa, you know, how do I deal with this? Well, anyway, we would just pray a uh, uh, prayer together. Uh, you know, please let mom and dad stop fighting. Anyway, but anyway, so what happened was, uh, what I put together anyway, is that uh, I was I was exceeding what they wanted me to do. And the kids were learning, and some of the parents were afraid that, I think, that some of the secret family secrets were going to come out. Because fifth and sixth graders aren't afraid to tell you what's going on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, you know, it's the thing is that you're making progress, just like I made when I was teaching Sunday school. Thank you. My beautiful wife just bought me another cup of coffee. Um, so... Uh, Making progress is something, unless you have, unless you're a pastor or an assistant pastor or a youth pastor or have some kind of function in the church that is sanctioned by the the hierarchy or the leadership, they don't want you making progress because it makes them look bad. It's just like when you go to a job and you start doing a good job and you're and you know, your your supervisor pulls you aside and says, you know, the other people are getting mad because you're you're doing too much work. You know, and, and why don't you just kind of slow down a little bit, you know? I've had that happen, actually. Um, so making progress and doing good things within within a church, unfortunately, a lot of times, leads to them not respecting you, not wanting you around. And 
if you're making progress like with in the theosophic thing and 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 I'd like to clarify one thing that if it comes from the early church it's probably not originally from Catholicism because Catholicism right. started right. around 300 AD or maybe right. even later and um uh they they picked it up and it might have been one of the good things that they came, they got from the, the early church and kept but uh, and I'm sorry, you know, if it offends anybody, but you know, it's that's the truth. It's the, the early church did not, it wasn't Catholic, and it didn't start with Peter being the first pope. But um, anyway, so yeah, Jim, it's when you start helping people and things start actually working, and the, and the people that are supposed to be doing all this stuff aren't having any effect. It's insulting to them, and and it, and it makes them look bad. You know, it, it, well, I guess they think that it makes them look bad. I don't no. think it does. I would have to say, Dave, that you're probably right for for the majority of the leadership there, but not the pastor. He was my friend. He he was, and I knew he was. Uh, it's the I, I truly believe it's the way the authority and structure of that church is set up, which is very uh-huh. typical of a large church. Um, and it's put in any other term, it's bass backwards. It's totally wrong. Yep. And unscriptural from the way it should be. Mm-hmm. And as I really think, I really think he was my friend. And I think he he actually put up with a lot of stuff to defend me, to try to keep me having a voice there in his church. Right. I really do. I, you know, no, but yet I look back, he never tried to check anything out. I, don't, I mean, I kind of think I'm hoping that maybe it's because he was so busy, but I know that there was a certain element where he was on. He got what I was doing. He wanted to promote it. He tried to do it the best he could with what he had, but he had too many elders telling him, no, stop it. And see, and that's the problem. The structure, the way that this corporate church is, is that, and it's, is that, you know, when you have a board of elders looking, pastor for your church you they're doing it completely wrong the the elders tell the pastor what he can they're they are the delegators of the final now when you're looking for a new pastor that's what you have to do but you so what are you looking for in a pastor you look for someone they're unfortunately the way they're structured. They're looking. They're saying, "Okay, we need to find somebody who is going to submit to our authority. We need to find somebody that's submissive that's going to submit to our authority and our our leadership." Right. That's not what you're supposed to do. You go. Why don't you go that's back? Politics. To, yeah, that's politics. You look in the scriptures. You are looking for somebody that you are going to be able to submit to once you have passed the on the the. Um, Skeptor of authority over to him. He is the shepherd. He leads the sheep. You don't tell the sheep, the shepherd, what to do. Right. And and the thing, the problem is that you look at most of your elders. Who are the elders? Well, you know what? You'll the find out. With that, money in the church. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. They're the ones that if you pay, you say. You know, that's the way it goes, and that's not the way it should be. Makes that, for a good corporation or business, doesn't it? Well, the elders are C three. The, yep. the elders. The elders are gifted in administrative gifts, and they know how to administer and delegate <clears throat> um, on that kind of level. But how many of them have been trained in the fivefold ministry of the word? Zero. 
zero, none of them, or maybe one or two at best. But you know what? If you're going to make spiritual decisions based on spiritual basis, by God, you better have some background and authority um, of being taught something on some level of, of the fivefold ministry. And if you have not, then the best efforts you have are still going to be carnal initiated. They're going to be by own worldly design ideas because you have not been educated enough to move into that area of the fivefold ministry and appreciate it for what it is. Right. So this is why the elders need to be looking for a person as a pastor, not that submits to them, but they need to pick somebody they can trust that they can submit to them. That doesn't mean the pastor's completely, you know, whatever he says goes and he just does whatever he wants. A wise pastor will realize and a wise board will realize there's there we're not getting rid of you. Now you become advisors. Now you become my sounding board, my safety net. I will consider your input. But you don't tell me what to do. You can advise me, and I will make the final uh, decision. So the elders should be looking for a pastor that they themselves are going to be able to submit to, that they can trust, who's going to lead the flock and do the right thing. Yep. So it's all completely backwards in, in the way the structure is. And so I think Pastor Tim did the best he could to try to uh, promote everything, but he was getting so much flack from them, and he was subject to their authority. Yeah. So he do anything so when i when i left and i explained everything to him we left on good terms but but um you know i don't have all the answers on it but you know the bottom line is all of them regardless of where they're at they're at they're my family right can't i can't ever come to a place where i start looking at them as being the enemy they're my family right still love them uh-huh concerned for them but I can't let any of this take it personally against me or on me. Right. Because uh, I remember one of the most important things that Jesus said, how will the world know of my love for you by how you have love for one another? Exactly. Well, if you know how the board of elders has been doing to some people in that church, they got a revolving door. A lot of people go in, a lot of people leave. Because they're overstepping their authority. They're overstepping what God has not called them to be or do. Uh-huh. And and this is, the, you know, they're not some evil, wicked church. They're typical of every major church and institution throughout this entire country. That's right. That is why the power of the church is going to be in little home uh, groups, in little places where true believers or a faithful is together. It's not Mark, it's not yeah, Mark t t uh, Taylor ec echoed that same yes. statement. That's right. So. Yep. Well, you know, and, and there's such a, my gosh, even with my oldest son, and it, this hurts so much because I support Trump and he thinks that, you know, Trump is just, uh, you know, a crazy wild man. Um, and so basically we don't even talk anymore. We're a complete disconnect because of that. That's sad. And that hurts. But, you know, the thing is that it's, you know, it's happening everywhere. It seems like Christians are so divided on Trump. Yeah. I mean, I heard about Mark Taylor's prophecies. I knew my heart leapt with joy. This is what I've been looking for. This is biblical. This is what happened with um, Nehemiah when he was building the wall. This is what happened um, with um, um, Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar. I'm thinking, man, this is what I've been waiting for. There's going to be an interim period of peace. Or God's going to well, 
final call to everyone to come to repentance. In Israel, they made a shekel um, yes. with, with Trump and Cyrus on it right. for their for their rebuilding of their temple. Mm-hmm. So if people can't figure out what's going on or what time period we're now coming into, I, I, I just don't, you know, some people are just still in la-la land. Well, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because have you seen what's been happening in Israel? Netanyahu is going through the same thing that Trump is going through. Yeah, exactly they're, the they're, same. putting criminal they're, they're, charges on him. He could go to jail. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. I mean, they've been trying to do this for years. I mean, one time they tried to frame his wife for some kind of impropriety, but that just, you know, was proven to be yep. false. But it's 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 like, you know, if you're a person that's, that God is using to try to bring about his kingdom, you know, in, in whatever way that's going to happen. Well, we know the way it's going to happen, but that whatever processes ha- we have to go through for that to, to finally come into fruition, sure, the devil's going to throw throw a wrench into the works and try to bring about, you know, uh, the yep. ruin of that person. And that's exactly what's happening. So um, nowadays you can kind of tell who the good people are because they're the ones that are being persecuted. Yep. You know, uh, Jerry Nadler, you know, I, I wish I could go to Washington and just pull his pants over his head and zipper him up. You know, they're <laughs> almost there already. Um, you know, and then Nancy Pelosi, she looks like she's, you know, one step out of away from the grave. And and by the way, has anybody heard about um, uh, who's that Supreme Ginsburg? Um, yeah. She, yeah. You know, I know she was in the hospital again. Um. But I don't know if I heard anything beyond that. But I um, well, supposedly she's been she's been participating in the court, but not at the court. And you know what? I'm sorry, but you know I I don't read anything in the Constitution that says that you can work by uh, by the internet uh, and be con- a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. No, I- <laughs> well, yeah, you don't know. Yeah, unless it's you know she's live, you know streamed or something like that it's different but is she still even alive that's what i'm well yeah i I, the media you know obviously touts her up as as if she's still alive um but you know she's had i don't know how many bouts of three bouts of cancer i think yeah right and somehow beat beat it all and just like you know i'm not saying she's supernaturally protected by God, but I think she's been supernaturally protected by the enemy, you know, allowed, allowed, allowed to, you know what I mean? I mean, she's had pancreatic cancer. I'm sorry. You don't survive. Yeah. That's pancreatic cancer. Deadly. Yeah. If Steve, if Steve jobs didn't survive, you know, of Apple, then I'm sorry. Yeah. And Alex know. Trebek, that's taken him out too from Jeopardy. Yeah. Right. It's just yeah. a matter of time. Yep. But, it is. And it's you know, sad I, because I, I like you. I, I watch Wheel and I watch um, Jeopardy uh, all almost every day. <laughs> I usually watch We're it. turning into so our does, parents and grandparents. So, oh, you know, so, you know, so does every other old pe- person. <laughs> You'll be there someday, buddy. Yeah. It I have it. I watched it because my parents loved watching it, and I loved you know it was something that I could connect with them. And now I I do it, and it just reminds me of them. It just reminds me of some. Happier well, times. Well, how long has that show been on TV? Twenty-five oh years, gosh. I think. I no, yeah, what, what? Uh, I think it's been longer than that, even. 
I mean, what what sh- what sh- what shows on TV last that long? They don't, right? Not anymore. Well, no, no, especially no. Oh, and basically uh, good and wholesome, you know. But I've noticed in Trebek, he has really had a new sense of uh, humility that he yeah. didn't have before. And well, uh, when you face death, uh, you know, stare death in its face, you know, things change. Um, you know, there was a time when I was young, you know. It, you laugh about people dying and all that stuff. And, you know, you, you don't think anything of it. You make jokes, you make wisecracks, but you know, when, um, my mother got sick, you know, for with cancer, you know, your whole perspective changes right on the concept of death. And then it's, it's no longer funny. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not, exactly. it's not, it's not funny at all. In fact, I, when I hear people, uh, joking about it, I get really upset. I hear because they haven't had they haven't had a, you know maybe they haven't had a person close to them you know get sick and die you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, in our twenties and thirties, we seem to not even you know, and some of it depends on a lot of how we grew up grew up with. But if we were always blessed with good health, um, we just take that for granted, and we just think that we're invulnerable and there, there's always a tomorrow. But then when you do finally experience a parent or um, someone close dying, um, and I'll tell you what, and, you know, you just had your 40th birthday, and it seems to be the magic turning point right there. All of a sudden, you'll start having friends that die. You'll start having other people that you've known closer, um, you know, pass away. And people that you knew, like teachers or, you know, others that were significant people in your life that were much older, all of a sudden they're dying. And then you have sense of uh, a new sense of um mortality. mortality there you go yeah <laughs> yeah i agree i agree with that statement then all of a sudden life becomes more precious it becomes serious it becomes more that you don't take for granted and i think you know at 40 that's about you know the wake-up time point of when you start realizing that and then it gets more and more as you go along so when you get 68 years old when you're guaranteed 70 years uh, of life and then when some of your dearest friends that you've been working in ministry for 40 years and you just absolutely know that they're a warrior that's going to be there, you know, to the last stand, you know, when you're going to be there and they go like my friend Kevin uh, McHugh did. Yeah, man. And that shook up a lot of us in the King's kids because we just Kevin was just a, a behind the scenes, steady, eddy, slow, but sure person. You know, he didn't say a lot, but when he said whatever he said, it was something you wanted to heads up. You wanted, and yes, yeah. it was profound. Um, man, and when he went, it just shook all of us up. It's like a realization that, you know what? The Lord guarantees us where we're going to go. He just doesn't guarantee us when we're going to go. Right. And, uh, and you never know. And so life becomes more precious, I think, the older you get because you're running out of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. And have you noticed the days go faster? I swear God is my witness. Thirty years ago, I could I could get three times more done in a day than I can today. But it's, Dave, I, I really think that is part of a celestial lineup. We are now in line of sight to a black hole that's the center of our galaxy. Right. And it's an acceleration of time. Yep. Um, everything is getting faster. I mean, I don't care. My gosh, things are going by so quick. We're in the middle. I mean, that's why even with the grand opening, you know, I'm going, okay, well, I'm going to be 
you know, August. Hey, it's Christmas. It's yeah. we're this year's over with, dude. You're never gonna be open if you don't just go yeah, I mean it but Hello? Eric, you yeah, I'm still here. I'm here, you know. All right. I, I, I'm being Italian. I'm sitting here moving my hands and I hit my mouse and clicked on the mute button. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Proceed on. Okay. So so I mean, whether whether you're 20 years old or whether you're, you know, my age, everybody is experiencing an acceleration. Now, we that are older are more aware of it because we've been around long, you know, longer than the others. But um, it's happening to everybody. Unless the days be shortened. Yeah. Yeah. Except these days be shortened. No flesh should be saved. I mean, so, you know, we're here. We're at the end of the end. When I hear so many people saying, well, you know, 50 years from now. Dude, we don't have no 50 years. What are you talking about? Yeah, but, exactly. Oh, but then again, I got to realize, you know what? If if I had kids uh, that are just, you know, starting in school, I'm not looking at that. I don't even want to look at that. You know, you want to kind of, no, 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 there's going to be more time. So I get it. I understand. But you know what? There's going to be a time and a generation that you're going to know that, you know, this is it. We're, we're at crunch time. But even then, I, Eric, I think it was maybe you that we were having a discussion about that. And I was saying, you know, I mean, think about it. Your kids, as they are right now, and half years now, those kids are going to grow up quick. They're going to be evangelists. They're going to be able to be going out in the power of God. I mean, we're already seeing it. Millennials, when they come to Christ, man, it's like they got rapid growth. All of a sudden, they get yeah. it quicker than anyone else gets it. I mean, it's just a, it's where sin abounds, grace is greater. Yep. And it, and that's really what it is. I mean, yep. he knows we're running out of time, so he's preparing everybody as quick as he possibly can. So what took us maybe 30, 40 years to get, some of these kids are getting it. And, and even then, you know, it goes back to the things that, you know, the things that were set, set up to destroy you, I am going to make you strong from it. So they've been, they already got the concepts. My gosh, baby boomers are the hardest ones to understand the concepts of quantum physics because we're so logged in to preconceived ideas. We've lived long enough. We've had a certain element of wisdom, which is not wrong. It's right. But we're not open to see the next step beyond. Well, we're, most of us aren't. Yeah, there's well, some of us that are like us. <laughs> right, right. But yeah. the well, thing is, because we've had some unusual experiences, it kind of shook up our world and made us... <laughs> yeah. Know, we kind of fell into this stuff, <laughs> exactly. but, uh, but yeah, but, but uh, with the millennials, they've been conditioned since birth, watching cartoons, playing, um, playing games, video games now hooked on the internet. They're actually yeah. having uh, the Conan, Koyania kind of fellowship that combat veterans have because now they're, they're doing simulations of the same thing, but they're doing it across the world. Uh, you know, uh, individuals from, France, from Germany, from Australia, uh, they're all working as a unit and they're fighting against this make-believe enemy or, or whatever, but they're experiencing real lifetime bonding together. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's weird. It's just weird how, you know, the enemy didn't foresee some of this stuff. I mean, uh, he has another way of setting it up, but there's a good side to it, too, that, that can actually be used. So when these people become Christians, now they're able to take some of the experiences they had that were used to design against them. And God's able to turn it around and make it into something else. 
Uh, he's been programming people into understanding theosophy. He's programmed people to understand um, um, quantum physics on a level that they may not know the terms or the names, but they have the concepts understood because they grew up with it since birth. Uh-huh. That's right. That's right. Hey, here's another one I'm going to throw at you guys while we're at it. <laughs> um, I've, I've asked a couple of people that have both confirmed my suspicions, but um, I kid you not, it started getting darker earlier this year than it normally did before. Um, and I know time's going faster and stuff like that, but I can remember because I, I drive to work early in the morning and I come back, um, you know, late afternoon. Um, but I can remember it being lighter out later than it was this year. And I don't know if either of you have noticed that, but other people have confirmed it too and are questioning it. Um, have either of you, or if you're listening and you're in a chat room, let me know or let us know, you know, if you felt that way. Um, it just seems that there's been some other kind of maybe tilting of the Earth's axis or something like that. Absolutely. Huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a gardener. I've always had, wherever I lived, I had some kind of a garden. And I'm trying to figure out living on a roof in a downtown urban area. I'm still going to have a garden next year. Do it easy. Well, um, I'll I'll finagle a way to do it. But but right now I don't have it. This is the first year I haven't. But when I lived in Shelby Township, um, I now that place... I lived there for 12 years. That's the longest I stayed in one place since I left my parents' house. Uh-huh. And my whole, I mean, I, man, I've been a nomad just going all over the place. So anyways, so for 12 years, I lived there. For 12 years, I had a little garden in my back. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew exactly where the sun was and where it wasn't because I would plant my crops accordingly so that I, they would get maximum sunlight. And I had several big trees. I would even chop some of them down so more sunlight would, you know, filter through. But I have noticed a remarkable shift, consistent shift in the shadows of where I have to plant my uh, crops. I had to replant everything differently than I did, you know, when I first moved in there from, especially in the last five years. And I'll tell you, again, it is hinges, it hinges upon when CERN was first fired up. Right. That's been a pivotal point. That's when it started changing, and it's been progressively changing even more. So that where I used to plant when I first moved in and where I plant now, different locations by several feet. Uh huh. Heck, does that happen? Because we have shifted progressively on the axis, a physical, literal shifting, not just a, you know, etherical or anything. I mean, a literal, physical shifting. Something's being altered. And something has been changed. Um, even the bee population. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to sound really Twilight Zone weird and, and hinged on. People are going to say, "Oh, you're just, you know, no, I'm not making, I'm not making this up." Bees had, were almost dead up until 2017. Um, right. The bee. I mean, all my honeybees were dead. I had no honeybees to, you know, now I'm watching honeybees because they are the ones that pollinate all of my crops to make sure that, you know, that the flowers are impregnated, that fruit are born and that, that seeds are planted for next year's um, crop. Right. Well, all by 2016, all of the bees were dead. 
Part of it was Monsanto. Part of it is probably the chem sprays. There's a lot of other factors going on. But I think even on a spiritual basis. Right. Well, bees but, use electromagnet mag, magnetism in order to find their way around. Absolutely. And, That's one of the direct things, yeah. Yeah. Well, without, without bees, uh, that would affect the ability to grow food. Yes, without bees. And this is a global thing. This was happening and experienced by, you know, people all over the world. But I noticed it just in my own little, you know, niche of life right there that, my gosh, the bees. So it got to a point where yellow jackets were the only things cross-pollinating anything in my garden. Yeah, so when, a, they're always a really pleasure to have around. Well, you know, they used, <laughs> they used to set up mess in my tool shed and I would, you know, wipe them out. I quit. I just left them alone. You guys are the only things perpetuating my garden. So, you know, go ahead, thrive, be, you know, be fruitful and multiply. I'm not going to bother you. Right. Um, but, you know, now, you know, when things change, all of a sudden I had a remarkable amount of honeybees that came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are going to just get infuriated by this. Oh, I know. I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. It was when Trump became president. Yep. That doesn't surprise me. When, you're, when a nation calls the Lord its God, it prospers. You got it right, man. That's when the shift the shift began. There was a shift that began to start, yes. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, we, I know we, we had an apple crop this year. I'm sorry, Jim. I didn't mean to interrupt. We had an apple crop on our – we have little trees. Our, my, my biggest tree probably is maybe eight feet tall. I had so many apples on the, on the stupid tree that the branches were breaking off. So that, but the year before, almost nothing. Well, so, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you know this, but you know when Trump took office, he pretty much uh, they went in and uh, cleared out all the um, the pagan stuff. Yeah. That they had put in there, uh-huh. and then they 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 spiritually cleansed the entire place. Yeah. Um, before that, he would go into it. So. Yeah, I believe it. I, I find that significant. Oh, yeah, sure. By the way, CERN, it says right here on CERN's website that they um, they have four Tesla magnetic field that is 100,000 times stronger than the Earth's. Oh, boy. Okay. So you fire that puppy up, it's going to do something to the Earth's magnetic field. I'm sorry. You're going to have a bad day. Yeah, it's going to move things around. <laughs> so. Well. You know, when you ask them, well, why are you doing it? Because we can. Yeah. I'll tell you, that's a typical scientist's idea. Uh-huh. Beating this uh, hornet's nest with a stick? Because we can. Right, right. Chuck, Mr. Well, there was a... Go ahead. There was a, I think from Jurassic Park, you know, they had a guy on there, a chaos titian, I think is what oh. it was. And, oh. you know, they were, they were, he made the statement about, you know, when they were basically creating these dinosaur embryos and growing dinosaurs you know basically the people were too busy you know trying to figure out if they could do it they never stopped to think should they should they do it at all you know what i mean yeah I, this is amazing that you brought that up because that was the very next thing i was going to start bringing up okay fact, recently we have discovered that um <clears throat> they call it a toasting effect or something like that um the excuse that they're trying to use now to say that what they discovered recently is they, they've cup, done cross-sections of Trianosaurus rex, Triceratops, other dinosaurs from, you know, from the Jurassic and Jurassic periods. Right. 
and in their cross sections, they've discovered soft bone marrow tissue in the yeah. bones. Now, this is supposed to be millions of years old. Yeah, right. Well, so, you know, first off, the thing is, and the and way to explain it, well, it was a caramelization of, of the bone structure, and so it kept everything preserved inside. Okay, there's yeah, certain right. <laughs> rules that go along with that, and they don't fit any of the rules. Like the laws of entropy. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, so, you know, that, that paleontologists and geologists both agree on, and they said, okay, this is if that's the way it is, then it has to be a brown color inside and in it, but some of it's white colored. Well, the white color turns everything of their their whole basis on how it preserved because right. it's supposed to caramelize. Well, these aren't caramelized. So how do you explain that? Well, they right. don't explain. You know, they so they try to backpedal it on, on everything and, and, and their explanations are ridiculous. Um it's just outrageous. I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all. They're trying to backpedal because they're trying to avoid the idea that you know, of evolution. So, right. the thing is that they're already doing this, man. If you've got bone marrow, soft bone marrow tissue of a T. Rex, <laughs> you can clone that thing back alive because you got a full spectrum of a DNA sample. That's right. Are you going to tell me that they're not doing it? Their typical attitudes: we're doing it because we can. Yeah. So they're gonna do it. Yeah. So this stuff is. I had dreams, you know, that I couldn't understand how this. What has dinosaurs got to do with this stuff in the end days? Now I understand. It makes sense. Yeah. That's what you know. What is going on? The 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 secrets of heaven were scattered amongst men, as what the Book of Enoch says. And that doesn't say when, where, how, and why. Just that these secrets are scattered. Well, some of them is the idea of cloning and genetic manipulation. Yeah, I mean, well, they did that before the flood. Yeah, exactly. That's uh -huh. exactly, and that's where people don't understand that. So when you find fossils, and you know, you know, our friend, you know, I hope we can bring back. I, I know he's getting up there in years, but uh, Jonathan Gray, I hope we can bring him back because um, he, like uh, Klaus Donna, a secularized version of him, uh, go around collecting out of place artifacts that don't make sense, mm -hmm. and. One of them that he had was uh, um, a bison or a relative of a bison that uh, I guess paleontologists and geologists all say is anywhere from 2 million to um, 300,000 years old. We, from a creation perspective, know that it's less than 6,000 years, so it's no big deal. Right. But anyways, here's this extinct bison with a bullet hole in it. Right. You know Oops. They actually know that it's a 30 caliber bullet hole that it went into it. So how does that happen? So Mount St. Helens has taught us that we don't even understand fossilization because the ideal conditions were reproduced in the Mount St. Helens disaster. And 10 years later, things were fossilized. Oh, we thought fossils took millions of years. No, it happened in 10 years, in a decade. That's right. So we don't even understand fossilization. The other thing is, you know, there's carbon dating. You know, they took carbon dating of a live leaf of a tree that was supposed to, it should have, it should have read, you know, you know, nothing. And it read 300,000 years old. Right. Carbon dating based on carbon for extinct life. And we don't even know what the original carbon data was on it. So, I mean, that is not a valid way of finding out uh, age of any. So there's so many things that we don't know that try to explain what we do know, what we do know is, okay, here's this extinct thing. 
and it's got a bullet hole in it. Now, they tried to say, well, it was uh, just a really fast-moving spear. No, um, they they sent this out to a lab, a forensic lab. It said, ignore the fact that it's a fossil. I want you to examine this as if it's a, a, a criminal investigation. What can you find out? That's when they found out it was a, it had to be a high-caliber bullet because anything slower than a high caliber is going to leave uh, fractures and and inconsistencies because the skull is going to expand out to compensate for the what has penetrated through. Right. But a high-speed projectile of a bullet is going to leave a clean, round hole. Now, in one case of a primate of a human being, it was probably a Neanderthal now is what we realize, a bullet went in, but it, when it exited, it blew out half the skull. Yeah, now, that's typical of a bullet wound, yeah. Well, and what you know, too, because, you know, you, you make your own ammo, but from my military experience, uh, now they said that it had to be probably a, a larger round, like a, um, uh, a NATO. Yeah. Well, uh, well oh. and so here's okay. a yeah, 7.62 NATO round. Uh-huh. Now, my huh. being in the Army, a 7.62 NATO round will go in, but it, as soon as impact, it tumbles so that when it exits out, it blows half the skull out. That's exactly what happened to this poor dude that lived, I don't know how, when he lived, but somebody wiped out a guy, a Neanderthal, with a 7.62 NATO round. How the heck does that happen? Well, I got one or two scenarios. Either they had weapons before the flood or... There was a time traveler that went back and shot him, which is most yeah, which is probably most likely the what they did. But either way, it could have been either one, and either one still proves that we have a history that we don't understand, right? That we're not aware of. I believe definitely that the uh, the technology that existed before the flood, just as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. The, it was far superior than what we can even begin to understand. Some of the proof of that is that we have a poem called the Bahada Vita. Now, that poem is describing with accuracy a war fighting Vishnu. Uh-huh. These yeah. are two Hindu gods. Now, Shiva was the one that, in order to uh, uh, create a new world, would destroy the old one first. Yeah, and then the, the destroyer. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So in India, we have this uh, poem, the Bahanavita. It gives a complete, accurate description of the of a nuclear war, the launching out of missiles, and then the after effects of people losing their hair, losing their teeth, um, all of the effects, after effects of uh, the results of exposure to um radiation now the thing is we actually have in india a vitrified city which means uh sand turned to glass right we have fossils of well we have human remains that are seen to be frozen right in their position like instantly they were they were alive once and now they're all of a sudden dead they have as much as 50 times more radioactive carbon in their bodies and what they should have for the time and period that they're in. Yeah. We have every evidence of an atomic war that happened 2,500 years ago. Uh-huh. 
So how the heck does that happen? I mean, so we have a poem that describes this uh, war. We have the cities. That's not just the one city. I mean, there's many major cities in India that have, it looks like there was a massive nuclear war in that country at one time, 25 to some hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, all the archaeological evidence and everything, the historical evidence, the myths, legends. So, I mean, you know, when it looks like a duck, talks like a duck, and walks like a duck, could it be a duck? I mean, come on. Got to be. Yeah, it is. And, yeah. and so, but. Was it, it, was it 2,500 years ago, Jim? Or was it further back than that? Well, you know, it could have been further back. It could have even been, you know, maybe. Because that would have been, I mean, 2,500 years ago. That would just be, that'd be what, 400, 500 years before Christ. Jesus yeah. showed up? Yeah. Yes, it yes, might have been 3,500. I think Jonathan Gray talks about that, actually. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to get him back on our program. So he, he's more articulate in what he remembers. Sure. He remembers. Now, there's one thing. I mean, you know, when I back um, 15 years ago, I was looking, you know, searching for when I first came into contact with this whole idea of the skulls and the, the um, modern rounds and everything. And I was aware of it. So I looked up one and there was one where a triceratops had a bullet hole come in and enter into it. And I thought, whoa, that's really a cool one, man. And there was all kinds of stuff on uh, the triceratops on the Internet. Huh. Are you are you going to try to tell me that uh, one of the Trump brothers went to back in time and killed? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm going to tell There's you. There's a that, joke behind that, folks. Sorry. Oh, I know there is. Yeah, it's it's from uh, what's his name, Mark Dice. Mark Dice. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Dice. <laughs> oh, I I remember this. But here's the thing, guys. If you belong to a rich elite that no longer are bound by time and space. Aren't you going to go on a hunting trip and go kill T-Rex or, or Triceratops or something cool like that? Exactly. Absolutely. Because you can? Yeah. Because you can. And so I think that might have been what happened. Or what I do know, the technology was there before anyway. And we've got the, the testimony, I think, of one of the most reliable people, Jonathan Gray. That's why I'd like to bring him back so he could um, – refresh our memories but 15 years ago this stuff was the t-rex i mean not the t-rex the the uh triceratops it was all over the place there was all kinds of stuff about him you know three weeks uh, a month ago i went back and looked for it mm-hmm. erased from history to quote uh uh dr brown from uh, back to the future mm. it's gone you can't find anything about it not one thing it's erased right from the internet completely Wow. So, you know, that that has been kind of a current thing. I mean, I know this guy that had 135 uh, videos on YouTube, and he's been erased from history. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> so, Jim, I, I looked. Uh, I still have a lot of your old videos on my YouTube channel. Yeah. I don't have any of your newer stuff that got you banned, but mine's still mine's still there as far as I know. The older stuff? Well, you know what? Yeah. What's but funny? I can't. Uh, I, I haven't been able to post, upload anything forever. So. Well, they've got a whole different uploading process now than what they used to have, and it's a way of of uh, preventing you from just taking anything and, and reposting it. Yep. Um, they're controlling the internet more and more. I mean, you know, they don't book burn like they did in Nazi Germany. Now they they ban and make things go away, and they have the power to do it. Google has a D-Wave computer. D-Wave computers are what 
uh, CERN has. D-Wave computers have to be used in uh, in a clean room that is uh, set at a temperature minus 30 degrees in order to even function because they run at relativistic speeds, which means the information is coming so fast, that's how cold it has to be in order for it to even run because they're, they're interdimensional computers. They go faster than the speed of light, which means they are traveling time and space. That's freaky. Google has one. That's why you can't get away from Google. Now, I, I just got a, a new article. I haven't had a chance to read it, but it's talking about how you can de- defend yourself against Google's uh, D-Wave computer. So I'm going to look at that article and see what I can glean from it. But uh, How is a D-Wave computer compared to quantum computing? D-Wave is quantum computing. Okay, so we, are, we are talking about the same thing, so we're talking yeah. about quantum I know that Google has something, and so does IBM. They have quantum computing. So, yes, okay, fair yeah. enough. I got you. And IBM that goes all the way back to Nazi Germany. It goes all the way back to the the what I say is the secrets of heaven that were scattered amongst men. Well, they were scattered particularly. You know, God has His chosen, and originally it was the 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 Hebrew genetic line and the nation of Israel. Satan has His chosen, and it was the Nazis. And basically anyone of an RH negative blood, but but for all of you that out there that have RH negative blood, don't panic. You're you're not doomed because of it. It's just a trace element of something that was nefarious to begin with. Um, but 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 basically that was the emphasis that uh, Adolf Hitler and the occult organization that he represented was all about. And. Mm-hmm. That entire agenda was just transferred over from a different outer shell of based on a national identity and uh, and people, which were the Nazis, which were the the remnant of the Philistines, and moved over into a different outer package of UFOs and aliens. But it's one and the same, the same agenda, the same purpose, the same reasoning. When you look at the funding, who financed, who funded the Nazi machinery, it's the same people that are funding the United Nations. One and the same. It's an agenda that is transferred over from the East to the West. Just as Jesus said that he saw lightning and Satan fall as lightning from the East to the West. And the lightning, you know, I, even that, you know, you think of lightning as lightning bolts. Well, what was the SS's uh, symbol? Two lightning, lightning bolts. Lightning bolts. Yeah. Yep. They went from the east to the west. It's the same agenda, the same calling. So Satan had his own special calling, and it was Nazi Germany. So I mean, it's just like it is so multifaceted, so interconnected, but it's one story of paradise lost and, and regained, and that's what it's all. That's what it's all about. And the Bible is the only book that has balance. And brings it all together to to total recognition. When you see the Clarion Project, the um, uh, and and Dave, you and I know a lot of the people that are involved in that because you know from being from you coming down to Roswell every year, and for me uh, living there, um, we've gotten to know some of these people. But they're you know we're looking now thirty years twenty no twenty years in the future from that point that when we first met that. Um, this is what they're doing now. They're part of John Greer's, um, you know, um, 
exopolitics, you know, uh, you know, the day of, uh, what do they call it? The day of disclosure. Right. Well, the disclosure, when they give it, is going to be just a, 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 a crock of BS. It's a lie. It right. is sandwiched between elements of truth. Because a lie is only believable if you have an element of truth. But it's still a lie. And, man, the reason why, you know, and yeah, maybe I should get into this part. I'm going to address it in my museum. I didn't want to, but I'm going to have to because it's become such a, an important object of division. I have a lot of people that I really have respect for right, and love that are Christians that believe in this. But the reason why we can still have fellowship is because they don't make it an issue and I don't make it an issue. You want to believe in that? That's fine. You're free to do that. But I can't unlearn or undo what I know in the word of God and the rightly way, rightly way to divide his truth or understanding partis. Right. Well, you know where I'm going with this probably by now. Uh -huh. I can guess it, but the earth is round. The Van Allen belts doesn't have anything to do to prevent us from ever going to the moon. Just as much as Van Halen's belt has anything to do with going by the to way, the moon. It's, it's round and it's globular. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh. But you know, but I've got people that I very much are my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I and they don't make it an issue, so I don't make it an issue. I, we can work together, and we do, and that's fine. But those that insist that they just keep pounding, driving home, you've got to believe this, you got to accept it. Unfortunately, some of the people that were originally wanting to support me down here in, in Detroit. The bottom line is they're flat earthers. Right. And they cannot get past that. I'm not so that all of a sudden everything that I say is uh, somewhat You're the enemy. Yeah. Well, I'm not the enemy, but I, I, he doesn't get it. He's just an old guy. He just doesn't get it. You know, it's new stuff is no, I do get it, but I can't. I had one woman, man, this woman, has been following my ministry and has been a main uh, supporter for me uh, since 1997. Mm -hmm. I, I told her, I said, you know, I don't want to debate any of this with you, but I would like you to go ahead and just look at the video that I did make about this. It's called uh, Why a Flat Earth. If you'll read it, if you'll just refer to that, you'll understand why I say no. She got back. She says, that is so arrogant. I can't believe you would be that arrogant that you come off. Figures. <laughs> and she just blasted me. You know, I was going to reply to her because I I loved her, man. She's been a, a main supporter of me for 25 years. Right. And then for her to do that, it hurt. I wanted to justify. I wanted to explain. And the Lord said, no, let it go. Yeah. I said, oh, seriously? But, but. I really care about her. I, I mean, she's not under. Let it go, Jim. You've done everything you can. You've explained it in every way that you possibly could with mercy and grace. Let it go. There's nothing you can say. So I let it go. I never responded to her uh, at all. Well, unfortunately, there are those people, not all of them, but there are some of those in that camp that believe that if you don't believe that, then you don't know how to study scripture. And if you don't know how to study scripture, you might not even be saved. I've heard that before. Well, you're unfortunately you know. drive that. But see, here's the thing. 
I explain that in my video. The only people group on this planet yeah. that demands that you believe that the earth is flat is Islam. Yeah. They actually come right out and say, if you do not believe that the earth is flat, you are less than an infidel. Right. Ooh, doesn't get, I mean, that's bad. I mean, that's like really, really bad place to be in if you're in Islam. Because it means you're dead then, basically. Yeah, exactly. So there, there are actually um, Islamic people that are like, kind of like us, that um, they believe in a, in a spherical earth. And they have actually been castigated and kicked out or like you said treated as an infidel because of their beliefs so they can't they can't talk about it you know with, with other uh, muslims yeah scientists that have been executed yeah because they're saying no look look i'm a scientist i understand these things no this is this is not true we we live on a round earth even you know even our own scriptures are 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 misunderstanding that this is here's what real science says and so they're trying to explain that because they're trying to say let's catch up with the real world here let's not we keep living in the dark you know i mean no the americans really went to space no there really is a space and 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 so they try to say that and they've been put to death yeah you don't hear about yeah. it but it's happened um you know it's just it's part of what is called um cultural jihad right i mean when 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 they come in and immigrate and overwhelm a nation which by the way is very scriptural it's in um um let's see ezekiel where ezekiel is having um where there's dialogue between um the angel of the lord and um okay what's her name she was the uh concubine that Jacob had relations with that produced Ishmael. Oh, you're thinking Abraham. Um, he, yeah, uh, Ray, not Rahab. Um, oh. So why can't I think of her name? Hey, Hagar. Yeah, Hagar, thank you. Oh, thank you. Yes, Hagar, Eric to the rescue. Um, well, it wasn't Jacob, though. It was. It was no, is right? it? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah, well, Ishmael came from Abraham. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Oh, there's so much floating around in my brain. Sometimes I. So, anyways, yeah. So, so the prophetic word given to her was that um, Ishmael would be a wild man. Right. And a donkey every... of a man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and oh, how does that go? Um, that he will not get along with his brothers, nor will his brothers get along with him. But yeah, he should be in the midst of all of his brothers. Yeah. Yep. And the thing is that this is describing the whole idea of of jihad, that um, through immigration they overpower a country, and then they take over by influence on what they believe, as opposed to what actually is. They tear down um, all of their national heroes, their icons, their symbols. What's going on in America now? All of a sudden, we're tearing down statues because of the Civil War, because of all kinds of other crazy things. Um, we're getting redefined on all of our history, on all of our um, holidays and celebrations. Um, right. Our culture is initially being stripped down completely. And the there's actually a, there's actually a movement right now uh, to remove even teaching about World War II. 
oh the colleges. With uh, probably with the Holocaust, right? Well, not even just the Holocaust, just World War II in general. But oh. first it was the Holocaust, now it's World War II in general. Oh my goodness! Right. Like it doesn't like, like it never existed. That's to start looking for the man in the White Castle. I mean the White Tower. <laughs> there you go. White Castle. <laughs> White Castle. Good job there, Dave. <laughs> you know, I was talking to a couple of people the other day about White Castle, and I had I, so so yesterday I went out and bought White Castle. Oh, I don't go away. I don't always I don't always eat fast food, but when I do, I pick the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had White Castle. Oh, oh, you've never had a hamburger. Then. Man, no, probably not. That is the ultimate gut bomb, man. White Castle is awesome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but, um, probably take you, you to the grave quicker than anything else. Folks, you guys and, and folks that are listening, if you want to watch an interesting series that will keep you on the edge of your seat every darn time it's on, <laughs> start that series. Uh, you can get it from Amazon. I, I don't know where else, but... Uh, man in the high the high castle and uh right well you know because of the things that we've studied right away I'm figuring time travel you know yep but, um you know parallel dimensions yeah parallel dimensions time travel the whole oh, nine yards parallel and, dimensions uh, is, is in the last episode especially that is the primary um topic in there the the, the background of the, the backbone of the whole series really Mm-hmm. But you could you could really see what living under the dictatorship is like by just watching just a few episodes of that because um, you know you don't you can't trust anybody. If you talk to anybody that came out of the former Soviet Union, they'll tell you you didn't talk to anybody unless you knew them really really well, and even then you were careful. And um, you know if new people came into the you know to your your realm or your your scope, um, you didn't trust them for a long, long, long time if you trusted them at all. You know, there was a story that came out years ago, and it has an element of truth to it because I've, I've heard it from somebody in, uh, from the Eastern Bloc. I used to work with a lot of, uh, or a lot of around, with or around Russians and uh, Ukrainians, and uh, and I didn't know Joe Biden. Um, but, uh, you know, Belarusians and Latvians and everything else, and... Uh, you know they'll 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 tell you set the story straight about what, what it was like living over there, and uh, and you can see so many parallels of that starting to develop now. You know I, I'm at work. You know I, I I've got one maybe two guys at work that I can talk to about things and know that I'm safe. And but I do know that there's a scads of people there that I I will not bring subjects up. Um, I will I I won't bring religion up and, except with a couple of people that I know that are safe, you know because I boy I'll tell you you bring some of that stuff up and next thing you know HR is calling you and you're calling the union to come represent you and and the whole nine yards and it's uh it's it's just too dicey anymore you know and and, and this is not the country that that we grew up in you no, know it's not. This is the we grew up in a country where you could say anything you wanted to. Where the liberals used to say, "I might not believe in what you're saying, but I'll die for your right to defend to say it." You know, um, yeah. Try to find a liberal; they'll tell you that anymore. You know, they'll just mm. tell you, "No, we're going to kill you for what you're saying." Yep, um, pretty much. Yeah, it's it's uh, up in the, the People's Republic of uh, Portland. People are uh, leaving there in scads. Uh, conservatives are just getting out of there. Like there's no tomorrow, 
because it's not safe. Uh, you know, Dave, when you, when you mentioned that, I just remembered something that, uh, do you realize that, that, uh, Donald Trump relocated his headquarters and everything to Florida as opposed to being in New York? Yeah, he right. moved out of New York completely. Yeah. Um, he knows what the scriptures say. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> New yeah, York's he knows what's coming. New York is going to get nuked, and almost all Bible-believing Christians have started leaving New York. Right. Because they know that we're here. This is it. This is the end of the end. And, um, you know, I just thought that was kind of uh, interesting that he relocated. You know, just like he's trying to pull the troops out of um, uh, Damascus and Syria and everything. Because uh-huh. he's trying to be safe. Because right. he knows. Damascus right. is going to place an inhabitation of dragons i mean it's going to be nuked man yeah. nuked beyond repair so he's trying to keep everything you know um and everybody safe so yeah this is the man they're calling a fool yeah <laughs> telling yeah yeah is a serpent and harmless as a dove is what he is yeah exactly he's a very smart man yep and the enemies are going to be killed by their own their own tactics their own designs gonna come back on them well, that's, that's a biblical thing, too. You know, people yep. that have come against Israel in the past ended up fighting each other, you know, oh, and killing each other. Replacement theology, man. My gosh, that has gotten so many Christians that who love the Lord, but they're buying into stupid ideas that, you know, there's nowhere in the scriptures that said that uh, um, that there were certain rules that had to apply in order for the Jews to be reestablished back into Israel. Right. There's nothing there that says, well, it has to be this way or this way. It just says it's going to happen. So just because the Belfort Declaration was promoted maybe by um, um, the Rothschilds. Right. Well, so what? I don't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The globalist elite might have had designs on it for their own purpose, but you know what? It happened. The Bible didn't give us any direction that there had to be a certain criteria that it would happen, just that it would happen. And, and how, because many, it, how many times has God used his enemies in order to, to accomplish his purposes? Pretty much. A, that's a pretty consistent, safe area to be in. <laughs> yeah. What a mockery to Satan and, and what a, uh, a glorifying effect to him, to God, you know. Oh, that he can, he can manipulate his enemies to accomplish his purpose. <laughs> That's pretty good. So, I mean, so when they add all this extra crap on there to this doctrine, well, it doesn't count because of this. Well, who said it doesn't count? Yeah. Where do you get the idea? Dude, you know what? You follow this replacement theology, and you're going to be on the wrong side of the beach and the wrong side of history attacking Israel with the cosmic crisis telling you to do that because they gotta, these people got to be usurped. I'm going to be on the other side defending israel because that's what my bible said to do yeah well you know what if you can believe that the earth is flat because two scriptures in the bible are taking out of context how easy is it going to be to be duped by the antichrist when he can come in and say oh this scripture means this and that scripture means that if you could buy into that the flat earth by two and you could you could do the study yourself folks look at those two scriptures what is the one in isaiah that said he sits above the circle of the earth and uh, the earth is the other one is the earth is unmovable. Well, yeah, of course it's unmovable. It's stable in its orbit. You know, that's what unmovable means. It's, that's and that's the thing that people aren't understanding is, and I can't unlearn my education. I'm not going to apologize for my education. You know, I thank God for it. Um, 
you know, but the thing is that, that well, what I really thank God for is that I understand came to an understanding of partis. Right. And partis is when you don't when you don't understand how the Jewish or I shouldn't say Jewish, the Hebrew mind had written the Bible on a four layered um, tier. In, yeah. Uh, layered tier of of uh, I guess you might say in a sense that it was encrypted knowledge. Um if you don't understand that, you're only getting half the story. So that if you're searching the scriptures and you see that in Isaiah, oh, um, it's fixed and immovable. Ah, see, that proves my, see, that, that proves a flat earth. That's the way it is. And the, even the writers of the Bible, their filters, they're writing and they're thinking, you know, flat earth and dome and everything. But, but God overruled that by putting it in a prepositional phrase. Which right. means that same word that's used um, to define fixed and immovable is going to be used again from a noun to a verb. Right. It's to define what is fixed and immovable. Well, me, before I understood partis, I'm thorough on everything. I want to search out every word in there to make sure that I don't have anything mixed up. So I understood it only because I searched every word. Had I not searched every word, most people, they, they look and they go, oh, see, fix and removal. That's what it means. Okay, good. I got it. I don't need to go any further. No. Mm -hmm. You can mm -hmm. further find out that what the other word is. And the other word, the same word. Now, the problem is, even in that, you're going to use a lexicon. You're going to look it up. You're going you're gonna to see it, and you're going to see it as a, um, a prefix or a suffix. Mm -hmm. The Jews' language goes right to left. We go left to right. They're completely opposite. Mm -hmm. well, mm -hmm. Where we would use a suffix to define what that meant, they use a prefix. Right. Which means that you have to look up everything individually. Nobody does that. Mm -hmm. Because they stand partisan. I mean, nobody in the West does that. So me being thorough, though, okay, so fix it. You know, I'm going to search every word out just in case. And I find, oh, look what this other word says. What is fixed and immovable is a rotation on an axis and an orbit. Right. That's what's fixed and immovable. Uh-huh. So, so, you know, what I used to think sometimes that, that, that some of the um, Ph.D. scholars would refuse to talk to somebody unless they had an equal education. Right. And I used to think that they were arrogant and prideful, and some of them are, until I met Dr. Mike Heiser. There's a man who has humility who will leave the 99 to pursue the one so that they can understand what's, what's going on. He really cares about individuals and people, and he spends the time to do that. He's one of the good guys. Now, it was through my association with him as not only being a, um, a colleague, but a friend. We would, we would talk about many things. I first was introduced and met him in 2003 at the Ancient of Days conferences. And then every year I got to, you know, meet more. But I was able to use him as a sounding board. Mike, what do you think about this scripture in here? I mean, he was esteemed as one of the top five in the entire world on uh, ancient Hebrew. Semitic he writes languages, yeah, and he writes the programs for um, uh, logos. Mm -hmm. And 
So, you know, at least for that, he's the best of the best. So I would use him as a sounding board many times. And he'd say, well, Jim, yeah, you're right on that. But then he wouldn't necessarily agree with some of the other things. But coming from his church background, I understood that he didn't really have a connection with some of the stuff that I already knew about. But as far as the language, the actual language, this guy was expert. And the fact that he had a care for people individually made him one of the good guys, man. But I understand through him that sometimes, how can you possibly capsulate in a, a paragraph right. 40 years of investigation and, and, and uh, study? You can't. So you just avoid it out right. of respect right. say, for the person. I can't play catch up with you, dude. You're so far behind the thing. You you're, you got lost at the drugstore, man. You don't even know where you're at. Well, he, he's also so he's also um, and this is meant in a good way, discriminatory, because he um, I've been in forums with him. Uh, by the way, he believes in a, in a global earth and uh, he tried to take yeah. on some of the uh, a myriad of people that were just. They were calling him stupid. They were calling him uneducated and everything else. And I'm like, a few people only realized who you're talking with. But anyway, um, but he finally gave up because he realized that, you know, um, for lack of better words, you don't piss into the wind, you know, because <laughs> if yeah, you do, it's exactly. going to get. Yes. Yeah. So he, he said, you know what? It was, I think his last correspondence, say, if, Mike, if you're listening, forgive me. I don't remember the exact words. Is You guys are going to believe what you're going to believe. And if I can't tell you the truth, then that's up to you, you know. Um, but I, you know, I would get in there and try to help him and, or, or you know, be a support. And, and they, they acted like I wasn't even there, you know, and they just, man, they were like, um, Oh, what are jackals attacking a, a prey, you know? And uh, I, I apologize if people take uh, offense at that. But you know what? Uh, the, the scripture is something that we we need to be willing to uh, talk about and, and discuss, not debate. And I'm not talking about the uh, the foundations of scripture, you know, the, the foundations of our faith. But the gray areas, like like a flat Earth, a round Earth, um, what are some of the other ones? There's so many of them out there anymore. But you know, if if you're gonna call a PhD who who has studied most of his life and and can can take one word and and tell you for a half hour all the aspects of that word, which he can do, and you're gonna tell him that he's an idiot because he doesn't believe. The, the thing that you believe that's built on two scriptures that are taken out of context. Zachariah, I'm sorry. Zachariah Sitchin wouldn't, wouldn't uh, come and debate him. Yeah. Now here's yeah. the icon for ancient aliens, but he wouldn't come on because he knew he didn't stand and you know, he's, he's uh, Jewish, but he knew that most of what he had was fabricated crap. Uh huh. <laughs> and it wasn't going to hold up to Mike Heiser. So it's just like, you well, know, one of no, our uh, one of our listeners it? just wrote. I'm sorry, uh, Jim, but before I forget, she just uh, wrote. Uh, Dr. Mike Heiser has a YouTube program called Fringe Pop 321, a very helpful program. So might oh, want to get that word that out. out there. Yeah, I, I didn't know. Fringe, like in the, you know, the outer edge of a garment. Pop is in like a soda and then 321. So. Get on there, folks. Check it out. You see how smart Mr. Heiser really is. 
Dr. Heiser, excuse me. Anyway. Yep. Anyway, I'm just looking. Brian, I, I just got a notice from Facebook. Brian Wright uh, sent me something. So I don't know whether he's watching a program or not. Brian Wright, Digger Dog. I don't know if you remember him from our um, chat room thing that we had. Not not a fan. Eric might. Brian, I'm sorry. Remember Brian? He, uh, he lives in Michigan. He lives in He's a guy that was good at finding out all kinds of stuff. You know, we would we would come up with stuff, and he would do more research and find stuff for us. Um, Sorry, Digger yeah. Dog. I wish I did remember you, but that's you know, I can't remember what I had for breakfast yeah. yesterday. So, so. It'll be interesting to see what he found out. Uh, whatever he found out, I'm gonna pay attention to. It's pretty pretty neat. But um, uh, it's just man, the reset is needed because we need as a body of Christ, we need to all be on the same page. We need to see everything for what it really is. Right. And we're not right now. We're so done divided, you know, and I really thought that by now there would be Christians that would start seeking answers for some of the weird stuff that's going on. My God, you know, to me, it's incredible that, Stuff that I wrote about 24 years ago, you can't turn the TV on without having something thrown in your face about it. Right. So for my book, it's got a built-in credibility because many of the things I talked about then that were so crazy sound are, I hate to say it, normal sounding now. Yeah, right. But, but yet the thing is, the Bible has the bal- the perfect balance the fir- perfect explanation for all these things, the Clarion Project and all these things, that, well, could it be this? Could it be that? Well, you know what? The Bible gives you clear clarity of what it is if you would just consider it and believe the claims. We're That's all looking right. at the same thing, but we're seeing it through different lenses. But can you have an objective enough lens to consider that maybe the Bible is actually the recorded history of mankind beginning to end? Yeah. <laughs> And if it is, wouldn't you want to kind of maybe pay attention to it? Because there might be some important things in there to know. Yeah, like your name. (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of those people that believes the Bible is the book of life that's going to be opened up in heaven. But uh... I totally agree with you. I do. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, it's like a cube. It's four dimensional. Right. And we're not the fourth dimension so when we get up there then we'll be outside of time then we'll see it clear we will know even as we are known mm-hmm. be that's awesome. right. <clears throat> right and if you if you look at it and you were to take each page and it goes infinitely down <clears throat> you know um i guess how do i explain this you know you, you're looking at a page and it's you're not just looking at a flat surface uh-oh i'm going to destroy the flat bible theory here um <laughs> But uh, you know, you, you just sit there and you you look um, you look you look at the page and realize that that page is is four dimensional, maybe even five dimensional, and and uh, it goes down as far as you could ever imagine, and and up as far as you ever imagined, and to the right as far, and to the left as far as you can ever imagine. Um, it could contain the pe- the names of every person that ever lived on Earth, you know, I it. or especially yep. believers. Yeah. Nope. I, I am right there with you. I think that the, the Bible is contains everybody's life, uh, birth, and, and death. Um, 
and uh, names mean something, numbers mean something, all of it has a connection to it. Now, it depends on, you know, whether it's good or bad. It depends on are you allowing God to do the one who's going to be controlling the revelation or are you going to try to do it on your own? Right. You're going to try to do it on your own. <coughs> that's where you're going to get into, <coughs> excuse me, that's where you're going to get into uh, uh, doing the same thing Satan did. He tried to do his own. Right. Well, it's not going to work too well for him. He doesn't see it yet. He already lost, doesn't know it. We already won, and we don't know it. Right. There right. is no anymore. It's a complete history, beginning to end, already recorded. And I love it, man. It's like we put our trust and faith in Jesus Christ and have a personal relationship with him, and not just know about him, but know him intimately. Right. We're safe. We're safe. And it's just a foretaste of what we're really going to know. Oh, man. You know, you know those I, when, when you hear a... You hear a hymn that just touches you or you, you know, you, you might have him tell you something in a, you know, still small voice in, in your heart. And, and you get that, that warm feeling that, that kind of beautiful chill that goes from the bottom of your feet to the top of your head and, or the warmth. Maybe people experience warmth. I don't know. But, um, you know, imagine that multiplied infinitely. And, you know, like, like Paul said, now we look through a glass darkly, but when we were, um, I'm getting it, I'm going to mess this scripture up. I know I am. Face to face, we will know even as we are known. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And that's exciting. I'm sorry, but that's exciting because (laughs) we're not looking at the Bible. You know, there's some, uh, you know, that they claim that, well, that's looking at the face of the Bible. No, it isn't. Now, and you are now aware outside of time. You can see everything from a perspective that God sees it, and you right. know as you're known. Wow, man! You got to. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um, I thought I saw everything Chuck Missler ever did, but he must have did this as he was getting older. Um, but he has a, a video on YouTube, and it's about uh, transhumanism. He oh, does, I. Yeah, yeah. He did a speech at one of the churches, and um, and he was talking about um, oh, he was talking about a lot of things, but um, he was talking about uh, uh, and and then okay, here let me let me go back uh, a little bit here. Uh, I know we're getting a little short on time, but um, several years ago, I had a, a sister in the Lord write to me, and and we were you know writing back and forth about time travel. And uh, she had seen in Revelation where uh, the king of the south had used his devices against the king of the north, who used his devices against the kings of the east. Well, anyway, if you look up the word devices, it could actually mean machine. Okay. And her mm-hmm. her premise was that, you know, it's, it might, could have been a time machine. And I looked into that and I was even starting to write about it. And then I said, well, that, you know, that would put you into an endless loop that you'd never recover from because, <laughs> you know. Because the minute that you'd go back uh, five minutes before the last guy, you'd realize what he was going to do, and then you'd try to outdo him before he did outdid you, you know. So it would just, it would perpetually, you know. Well, anyway, um, he was talking about um, uh, nanotechnology and robotics and, and everything else, and, and I was totally enthralled watching this. It was it was amazing. And he was talking about um, the Earth, be, uh, our reality being a matrix, and which I thought was really neat. I, I, he'd alluded to that before, but never really got into it. 
But he was talking about, you know, that uh, they're going to try to basically meld human consciousness with the machines is what we've been talking about for a long time. Yep. And um, and then it hit me. Devices, 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 devices. Yeah, it could be. It could be that that this uh, transhumanism is, is going to be a device and that maybe each king is going to have a different device that he can use um, in the way of robotics or, um, uh, you know, m- m- molding your consciousness into a machine, an immortal machine. That's what he talked about, too, the search for immortality. And he talked about uh, uh, that scientists aren't really scientists. They're, pre- they're a priesthood. And I'm like, boy, did he hit that one right on it? <laughs> well, I was, I, that's been stated by scientists that they are the new priesthood. Yeah. Okay. See, I didn't know that. Yep. To, to, to replace religion. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see how that so, works out for them. Yeah. Well, we know how it works out. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Not too good for them. Maybe they can you try know, to figure out eternity to figure out how to get out of the lake of fire. They'll, that'll drive them crazy. You know, I have done everything to try to get old John Darnell. Remember, we used to have him on our program. It's like he disappeared off the face of the earth. I'm telling you, Dave, I yeah. what in is going on? I can't find any information on him whatsoever. I can't find any connection to him whatsoever. Oh, well, I found bad things about him. Um, you know, not that he did these things, but you know, he was. Um, I guess he was praying for some woman down there. Um, and, and helping her out, trying to help her out uh, spiritually for something that he thought was a spiritual condition and may well have been. Um, but the woman ended up, I don't know, either committing suicide or whatever, and the family uh, tried to sue him. And uh, ever since then, he's been a persona non grata. Uh, you can't find him anywhere. And um, so, John, if you're listening, you know, get a hold of one of us. Uh, love to talk with you. And, uh you know, we, we understand, I think, what you were trying to do. And and, and uh, I know the people of this world don't understand that you can cure things and and people and and fix things in a spiritual manner. A lot of times, uh, a lot of mental illness is, is spiritual. And, geez, if the doctors, if psychiatrists would just get saved, I, they would, they, well, they'd put themselves out of work. So they probably wouldn't want to do that. But um, anyway... Uh, we understand stuff like that, John, if you're listening, if you ever hear this. So, um, you know, get in touch with us because we'd love to talk with you. Uh, I think one of our first shows had John Darnell in it, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. John, and I know the heart of John, man. And he does theopostic healing like I do. And right. this man has a heart for, for people. I mean, to ever say that he manipulated or did anything wrong, you can't be responsible for a person's reaction when they're told truths and realities. Right. Um, if they do, you know, whatever this woman did, it was a certainly, it was not because John had any responsibility. And if anything, John will always go the extra mile for the person. Right. I've never more compassionate, loving, caring man. His book, the gospel of every creature was addressing the fact that his concern was, that when things genetically manipulated are forced upon us, does that mean that we took the mark of the beast? No, there's got to be God's grace and mercy for that. You have to reject the God of the Bible in order to fall into a damnation of accepting whatever mark. So he's saying in a world where they're manipulating people involuntarily, God's grace has got to be there for him. And so that's what he's addressing. And I think it was, 
a very his book was very relevant for the technologies that you are being used against us as a weapon. This man had nothing but love and compassion for people, man. I mean, to to make a false claim like that is just not John, not the John that I knew. Right. Uh, right. So if you're out there, man, if you're hiding, I would love to please get a hold of us. I love you, man. I respect well, your your boldness, your ability to just keep on keeping on. You know, is, to, to accuse him of the things that he's been accused of would be you, you could use that same methodology to to accuse every psych every psychiatrist that puts somebody on an antidepressant. That person just starts, you know, goes into a school and just shoots everybody up or. Yeah, or right. you know, or or, or or any doctor that prescribes a medication for somebody, and the medication has a bad side effect, you know, there you could use that 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 reasoning to to basically put every practitioner of any kind of medical art out of out of business. You yeah, know? you can't be responsible for for some people's actions to what you've been trying to help them to do. Yeah, exactly. Right. John Mack, you know, he was, you know, he had a lot of unfair things and he, he was set up uh, to be made to look like a fool. Well, John was giving the best intentions of trying to help someone who was purposely being deceitful. Right. That doesn't make him stupid. That doesn't make him anything more than just giving the benefit of a doubt of somebody that was very unscrupulous. Right. Um, Carla, I can't think of her last Turner. name, darn it. Yes, Carla Turner, yeah. another one, wonderful person. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, at, at at the end, you know, she's been maligned by others too, and everything. And it's like, no, because you ever talk to these people, you just, and I think it's the Holy Spirit in us, you know, giving us the discernment. No, Carla Turner. Um, no, I can't think of what I just said. The other guy. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Well, anyways, John Mack. Yeah. John Mack, and yeah. they were they were good people trying to do the best of what they had with what they had to right. help out in a situation that most of the world doesn't even believe exists. Right. Uh, for them to be unfairly beaten like that, it's just not right. I mean, I think the Holy Spirit living in Roswell, having a chance to talk and meet to these people, you just get a discernment that, you know, these are good people. They just, okay, so they don't know it from a biblical perspective, but you know what? They're doing the best they have with what they have. They really care about people. Uh, for them to be maligned like that, it's just so wicked, so wrong. Right. I agree. I agree. But people always do that. Yep. You know, people always, if they, especially if they don't understand something, you know, it's easier to malign the person than it is to try to understand it or try to figure it out. And it's just a shame that people are that way, but it's it's a human nature. It's part of our fallen nature that people yep. are that way. Just like people turn into pumpkins. Yeah, it is pumpkin time, isn't it? Pumpkin, yes, it is pumpkin time. Yes, it is. See, you didn't have to. You didn't have to send me a message over Skype to tell me that. <laughs> I'm getting better. You are. <laughs> Our, um, our listener says that there are videos by Carla Turner, which are also very helpful. So thank you, Winsong. Been very helpful tonight. Thank you. Um, anyway, guys um, and audience, um, let's see. Uh, I just sent a letter off to uh, Jonathan Gray. So let's see if he answers this one. And uh, 
hopefully he will, and we can have him on hopefully in December sometime, even though December is running to an end pretty quick. But um, what a nice Christmas present that would be to our audience just to be able to um, have that show, I think. So uh, anyway, hopefully he gets back to me really soon. And uh, you know what I'd really like to have on some 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 day some guy you guys is um, sorry I, my brain's getting tired I guess but um, if we could find a Christian Bigfoot researcher man that would be wonderful to have on if you're a Christian and and I mean a real believer in Jesus uh, and you're a um, a Bigfoot researcher uh, send some of us an email well one of us anyway. Um, yeah. We'd love to have you on. Of course, I'll give you a call and talk with you for a while. You know, you got to be careful. Make sure you're the real article. But if uh, you are, you won't be afraid to call. <laughs> um, and uh, and there are other subjects, too, that uh, kind of interest me. I'd like to talk with a former Catholic that's an expert in Mariology. Um, I know I've written about it, and uh, but I, I know that there are a lot of things that I don't know about. Um, Ex-Mormons would be neat to talk to. Um, if you're a, a researcher and a believer in the real Jesus, um, you know, you're, you have proof about uh, Mormonism and stuff like that. Not that we want to malign the, the religion or anything like that, but we just like to, you know, there are a lot of delusions out there. We just want people to be informed and people can, can make their own decision, right? Right. Yep. There's a global setup for uh, the wrong things. You know, um, uh, Derek Gilbert had me on his program. I should ask him if he'd like to come on here because he's uh he's got a lot of good interesting stuff. Um, we can bring back um um oh, I want to think of his name, John Josh Peck. Oh yeah, yeah. there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll get a hold of those guys. Uh, I, there's there's others that I recently a guy that just finished his PhD. Um, his, his original uh, contact and understanding was. Uh, from myself and from a few other uh, of the watchmen, I think L.A. Marzulli was one, but he helped. It helped him make this, the uh, connections, and he ended up writing a book. Now I said, "Oh well, I want your book in my library. I want it in my, you know, in my uh, museum." So some of these new people. I mean, you know, things are getting more and more. There's more and more watchmen that have taken it the next step and. Maybe we, I should make a more of an effort of bringing some of these people on, especially the new ones that are just getting started. But they they have, you know, like the groundwork that we've laid, they've taken it to the next step. And I would right. love to put them. You know, it's not like we're in competition or anything, man. We're all, you know, to me, when I see what uh, Derek Gilbert has accomplished, I can rest now. I, I used to be afraid, oh, my gosh, if I die, all this stuff's going to go with me. No, not anymore, man. we got so many people that are taking it to the next step. It's cool. I'm ready. Yeah. I my job. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah, right? I feel the same way. So I like to bring these people on and, and sh- you know, let them share what, what extension they've had beyond that point. I think it would be awesome. So, well, I'll, I'll work on it. Mm-hmm. I'll start sending some invites. Right, right. Okay, well, good. Good deal. All right, guys. Well, audience. Before we turn into pumpkins, huh? Okay, yeah, go for it. All right, Lord, we're just coming for you tonight. And, Lord, we are approaching the last of last. Help us to see how the enemy has poured on so many of us so much stuff to try to overwhelm us. 
Lord, it's sometimes we wonder, we question, what are we doing? Where are we going? Are we doing the right thing? But Lord, we, I pray for all the listening audience tonight. They have already had their eyes open. They have already seen the matrix for what it really is. And sometimes, Lord, the enemy has come against us so much, we kind of question and wonder our own sanity. Lord, I pray that you would give all of us a confirmation, a verification of what we've been called to understand and know, and that when all else has come against us, that we will stand on that, what you have shown us, and with boldness and with firmness and a resolution of resolveness to stand our ground and wait on you to make these things become the reality that everybody needs to understand and will understand. Right. Please bless everybody with that confidence in you. Give them and remind them the promises, the inheritance, and their personal role in this story that is far bigger than any one individual, that we will all work together as one family, as one uh, group serving you. We ask this in your mighty and precious name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Okay, guys. Okay, audience. We will see you next Monday. Uh, let's see, 9 and 7 is 16. That'll be the 16th. Uh, the weekend after is uh, two days after Christmas. I don't know if we we're we'll, – we'll, we can yeah, talk we about that. Yeah, we take a break on that. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, okay. Uh, guys, stay on the line for a minute after we get off the air, okay? Okay. Okay, uh, folks, uh, be blessed in Jesus' name, and we'll see you next Monday. Good night.